relationship around your word that's alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, we just thank you. It's a privilege and an honor to sit in your presence, the presence of a king, the, the presence of greatness, to sit in your ambiance and to rejoice in your splendor. Lord, it's our honor. And we thank you, Lord, for gracing us with your presence. Lord, we'll never take it for granted. Now, devil, I bind you. I break your power. I take authority over this atmosphere. I bind distraction in Jesus' name. And I thank you that everybody will have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. They'll receive what they need to come up higher, to be upgraded from the inside out. And we thank you, Lord. Bless the opening of your word, Father. Give me wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. And, Lord, help me to convey to your people exactly what you conveyed to me. And we thank you for your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, good morning. And we're going to talk about the power of expectation. Did y'all hear that song Miss Shannon just played? Expectation. The power of expectation. What is expectation? A strong belief that something you hope for and are and and is looking for will come to pass. When you expect, it says you regard something as going to happen. It's not a maybe. You believe that something or someone will arrive soon. Expectation, and I just want you to, I know I might be talking fast because, you know, when I get wound up, I talk fast, so... <laughs> But if you can write some things down about expectation, because we're going to expound on it later. Expectation creates an atmosphere for miracles. Expectation gives us supernatural strength. And I'll give you an example of that later. Expectation is stronger than desire. It's not the same. Because, see, your desire can change, you know, it's a sunny day. It's the 4th of July. You might see somebody with a, a, a yellow a yellow Louis Vuitton purse and you say, ooh, I want that. And then Labor Day coming, you can't wear white after Labor Day. Then somebody walk in with a blue Louis Vuitton. Ooh, I want that. Expectation ain't like desire. <laughs> I use that as an example because I knew some of you could relate. <laughs> Expectation locks your miracle in. And that's what I like. Expectation has a delivery date. And sometimes when expectation, how can I, how can I put it? Expectation will induce your miracle. What do I mean by that? You're nine and a half months pregnant and they tell you, okay, this baby close to 10 pounds. It's time for us to induce labor. And that's what they do. And how many, and see, this is the way the Lord showed me, all of y'all that's been in this ministry, and how many times has Pastor Barb said, now look, we don't waited too long for this. This should have happened already. That expectation will induce your miracle. It will induce your, and that's what, that's what Pastor, we've been, you've been, you've been doing this, it's time. It's time. And I know when I would hear her say, it's time, I would feel condemned. I'd be like, well, dang. You know, it ain't like she, you know, she ain't, she ain't going through what I'm going through. And she said it's time. But no, that means God is calling time. This should have happened already. Get out of unbelief. Turn the TV off. Get off the phone. Get in your word. God has already said yes. It's time. It's overdue for this. And so that's what I mean when I says expectation will induce your miracle. It'll push it out. It will push it out. The power of expectation. Expectation targets our miracle and locks on it. Some of you heard of Apostle Vincent Anita Hosa. And this is one of his quotes. If your faith says yes, if I could talk like him, I would. <laughs> if your faith says yes, God will not say no. If your faith says yes. And see, that's what happened with the lady with the issue of blood. I can use her as an example because I, she's not a part of my sermon. But see, her faith already said yes. She already said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She didn't go through all that, crawl through that crowd to get to Jesus. And he turned around and tell her, no, or don't touch me. Mm-mm, no. <laughs> no. Amen. 
If your faith says yes, God will not say no. Amen. So I just want to lay a foundation first. And I'll, I'm going to read it from my uh, from my phone because I want to read it in the Amplified. And I want to go to Luke chapter 3. And I'm going to read 2 through 16. And this is John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. And I like to remind folks, you know, John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. He wasn't just just a voice. He was blood related. And I love the fact that John the Baptist, you don't hear a lot of it talked about it now, but he was a forerunner. He paved the way for Jesus' coming. He promoted, he was his promoter. He promoted his ministry. And he he was good at it too. So anyway, Luke chapter 3, and I'm going to start in verse, Luke chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 2, amplified. It says, in the in the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, his son-in-law, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And see, John came with a message like no other. Nobody else had a message like John the Baptist. Some folks, some Baptists say he was a preacher of fire, fire and brimstone. But if that's what it took for them to repent, that's exactly what he did. Because John called it like he saw it. He didn't hold back no punches. He looked at them Pharisees. He called them a bunch of brood of vipers. Can you imagine? You walk in church and then someone look, look at them, look at them hoes walking up in here. Who told y'all to, who warned y'all that Jesus is coming? Are y'all just showing up? Are y'all here? Y'all just showing up to be safe or you really want to have a new lifestyle? That's what he said in the Nola Darlene version. Anyway, it says, he went into all the country around the Jordan preaching the baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. That is as it is written and forever remains written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. The voice of one shouting in the wilderness. And see, John wasn't just preaching. He was shouting. He was telling them about Jesus and everything that he was going to do. And then, but not only that, he told them, look, when the Messiah shows up, first of all, you better have a right mindset. You better, you better prepare yourself. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And this is what he's going to do when he's get here. Every ravine shall be filled up. Every mountain and hill shall be leveled. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough roads smooth. And all mankind shall see the salvation of God. And he was letting him know the ones that y'all been hearing about. He is already here. He is on the way. He is full of power. He is he is a miracle worker. He is the only healer. He's the great physician. The salvation of our God has, is here. Your prayers have been answered. He began saying to the crowd who were coming out to be baptized by him. See, they was coming out to be baptized him because they were saying there's somebody out there in the wilderness. He preaching something I've never heard before. He's talking about the Messiah. He's something about him. And I'm going to start over again. It says, verse 7, he began saying to the crowds who were coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath of God that is to come? Therefore, produce fruits that is worthy of and consistent with your repentance. That is, live, change lives. Turn from sin and seek God and his righteousness. In other words, don't be trying to slide up in here looking like you got it going on. You better show some fruits of repentance. Don't just be, come, you come to church, you do this and you do that, but your heart is still full of wickedness. I love that he read their heart. He called it like he saw it. And do not even begin to say in yourselves as a defense, we have Abraham for our father and for our heritage assures us of salvation. He was letting them know, I don't care who your mama is. I don't care who your daddy is. If you don't come proper to God, if you don't repent of your sin, it don't matter who you are, you will burn in an eternal damnation. For I say to you, and from the stones, God is able to raise up these stones. God is able to raise up children. 
descendants of Abraham, for God can replace the unrepentant. He was letting them know, if you don't have a heart of repentance, honey, God can raise up some rocks to praise him. He don't need you. You want to come to God, you need to change. You need to repent. Lay down some fruit and show God that you want a, a changed lifestyle. Turn from your wickedness, in other words. And those, it says, regardless of your heritage and, and those who are obedient, even now the axe of God's judgment is swinging towards the root of the trees. I love it. He was out there laying down the law. He was letting them know, you've been sliding around, sleeping with the women in the in the synagogue, slipping and sliding, taking money that's not belonging to you, but God sees it all and you better repent. And he said, because right now judgment is right at the root, is knocking on your door. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is being cut down and thrown into the fire. So in other words, you better repent or you will burn. This ain't, this playtime is over. The Messiah is here. The King, the real one is here. It's a day of salvation to those who want to change, but it's a day of judgment to those who don't. The, the crowd asked him, then what can we do? See, this is the repentant. What can we do? And John replied, The man who has two tunics is to share with the one who has none. And he who has food is to do the same. Even some tax collectors came to be baptized. They was even scared. And they asked, teacher, what can we do? See, this is a true heart of repentance. When you say, Lord, what can I do? Just like those jailers did when Peter, and when, when the disciples were in prison and they came in there and all the prison doors was open, they fell on their knees and said, what can we do to be saved? And see, when the spirit of repentance has swept through the, has swept through, there is a, there is a thing that goes on the side of your heart. And you know, what can I do? I don't want to stay like that. I don't want to be damned to hell. He told them, collect no more money than the fixed amount. So in other words, stop cheating the people. Some soldiers asked him, and what about us? Everybody wanted, well not everybody, but those who had a, who had a heart for God wanted to know what did they need to do to change so that Jesus could be a blessing to them and they could serve him. And what about us? What are we to do? And he replied to them, do not exhort money from anyone or harass or blackmail anyone, but you be satisfied with your wages. They were all wicked and John was calling them out on it. A sphere of repentance has swept through there. He laid the foundation. He was making the crooked places straight. He was letting them know, no, you're going to come proper because the Messiah is coming. He ain't just another, he not just another crooked heretic. He ain't a, he ain't a crooked politician. This is the real one and you're going to have to come proper to him. Now the people were in a state of, and I like this, because of John's preaching, now the people were in a state of expectation. The people were in a state of expectation. They were expecting the Messiah to show up. John the Baptist was the forerunner. And his preaching of the gospel and his preaching of repentance set an expectation in the atmosphere for them to receive Jesus when he came. His preaching set an atmosphere for miracles so that when Jesus showed up, they would know he was a true man of God. He was the true son of God working real miracles and he was another magician. John's preaching did that. It says, now the people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. But John answered them by saying, as for me, I baptize you only with water, but one who was mightier, more powerful, powerful, more noble than I is coming. And I am not even fit to untie the straps of his sandals, even as his slave. God bless you. And he will baptize you who truly repent with the Holy Spirit, you who remain unrepentant with fire. So I'm going to stop there, but I just wanted to lay a foundation how John, being a forerunner, his preaching of the gospel laid the foundation for Jesus. And it put a spirit of expectation in the hearts of the people so that they knew that he was the real thing. I said, John preached a message of repentance from wickedness and dead works. 
Yet John was a voice of hope for those who were drowning in their sin. He preached a message of strength and power like no other. Verse 15 in the New King James Version, it says, Now as the people were in expectation. And see, as he preached about Jesus Christ, expectation rose up in their heart. He truly opened the door. He truly, it's like when you get married, well, you know, like um, that movie Coming to America. Remember when they got married, they threw the rose petals out before the, and see, that's what John the Baptist, I'm just saying, he threw the rose petals out. He let them know the king is coming. He put a spirit of expectation in their heart. John laid the foundation for Jesus and gave a revelation of the power and strength of Jesus' ministry. See, he let them know this one is coming. I'm not him. I'm just the voice. I'm just the one that's preparing your heart. I'm the one telling you to repent so that when you stand in the presence of his holiness that your sin don't consume you. That's what I'm doing. I'm helping you out. I might sound a little harsh. I might have called your sin out, but I'm trying to keep you from burning in hell because a holy one is coming and no wickedness will ever be able to stand in his presence. And see, he was a voice of hope to those who were drowning, a spirit of expectation because it was like, well, who is he? Who is this Jesus? Is he going to be, is he the real Messiah? So I'm going to read, I'm going to read, I'm going to read this part again. Jesus laid the foundation for Jesus and gave a revelation of the power and the strength of Jesus' ministry. John's preaching sparked faith in their heart to know that Jesus was the Messiah. And the one they had heard about. And he was the one that they were waiting for. John the Baptist did this. He created an atmosphere for miracles for Jesus. Amen. He wasn't just a praise and worship leader. But he came with the word. I love it. John the Baptist. Okay, so we'll go to Mark. So let's look at some examples of expectation. There's power in expectation. Mark chapter 10 is where I'm going to start. And I'm going to start verse 46. Jesus heals Bartimaeus because he ain't blind no more. It says, now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And that's what I like, that Jesus, son of David. See, Bartimaeus had a revelation that Jesus was more than just a man. He was the son of David. He had come through the lineage of royalty. He was the son of God. He was the chosen one. He had that revelation. And many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, oh, be of good cheer, rise. He's calling you. See, first they was telling him to shut up on the verge of hitting him. Because they, they, the Bible says they warned him to be quiet. Why are you going to warn him? It's like you either be quiet or I'm about to knock you on your mouth. They warned him to be quiet. They threatened him. When Jesus stood still and wanted him to come over, then they said, oh, oh, uh, he wants you. Get up. Be of good cheer. Rise. He calling you. And throwing aside his garment. It didn't say he laid it aside. It said he threw it aside. Expectation will give you supernatural strength. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him on the road. And I like it because Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He could have said, Lord, I just want enough money to make it through the week. But he had to hear the desire of his heart. He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. When he heard it was Jesus, the power of expectation exploded inside of his heart. He couldn't, they couldn't shut him up. He cried out louder. His expectation, and this is what the Lord showed me, 
Bartimaeus's expectation put a lasso around Jesus. You know how herd farmers are out there and they're trying to catch their, their cattle or their horses and they do that. His expectation put a lasso around Jesus and stopped him. And that's what our faith does. When we're believing him in the face of opposition, the doctors evil report, evil report, evil report. But you go back to Isaiah and it says, no, but by my stripes you healed. No, but I sent my word to heal you. No, but my light, but no, my word is alive. Everything that you confess, it never returns void. He cried out all the louder. Our expectation will put a lasso around our miracle. It stopped Jesus in his tracks. He rose and threw aside his beggar's garment. And something about that beggar's garment, see you, anybody, if you had a beggar's garment, it was government issued. Because see, any bum could be out there begging for money with his eyes closed. But when they gave you a, a beggar's garment, that meant the government said this person is really blind and it's okay to give him money or food and to help them out. Government issued. Okay, let me see. I want to see because I'm all excited. Government issued. <laughs> that was his license to beg. However, his faith had made him whole. Bartimaeus had been sitting there day after day listening to the hype about Jesus. Sounds like the woman with the issue of blood. As he listened, faith grew inside of him for his miracle. See, when he threw aside that beggar's garment, he was saying, uh-uh. I don't need a meal ticket. I need a miracle. I don't need a meal ticket. I need a new, I need a whole, I need a whole lifestyle upgrade. I don't need money for the day. If I get my sight, I can get a job. I can have a family. I can have my own. The Bible, when the Bible calls you the son of Timaeus, that means your daddy got a reputation. So he has an inheritance that he wasn't even living out of. He was living below his means. But something sparked in his heart when he heard about Jesus. He sat there day after day and saw people, uh, well, not saw, but heard people walk by. Jesus did this. Jesus did that. Just like the woman sitting at home with the issue of blood. Yes, there was naysayers. Yes, there were those who said, yeah, Jesus, you know, he a bastard. That's Mary's son. You know, his mama wasn't even there. Yeah, there was the naysayers. But then there was those who had the the right revelation of Jesus. And that's what stuck. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. She's like, now if he gonna go, if he's not afraid of lepers who are highly contagious and he's healing lepers and then the one leper was actually walked up to Jesus and bowed down in front of him. He wasn't too afraid to get in front of Jesus and tell Jesus, I need a miracle. If he did that and if he did this, why can't he heal me? I'm unclean too. This is the lady with the issue of blood. And see, blind Bartimaeus was sitting there too, listening, hearing. Because see, when you don't have whatever whatever thing that you are lacking, if it's your vision, usually another part of your body is more keener. So he's sitting there listening. He's hearing about the miracles. He's hearing about stuff that just the unheard of, the supernatural. He's hearing about the impossible. Is he really Jesus? Is he, is he the Messiah? And expectation on the inside of him was saying, yes, 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 yes. Can I get my sight? Expectation on the inside of him was saying, yes, yes, yes. Expectation said, when you know that he's walking pot, when you know that he's walking by, you grab him. You grab him with your voice. You call out to him. Anybody who... You, you, Nobody who goes to God, he cast them aside. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And see that expectation on the inside of Bartimaeus was telling him when he walks by, you grab him. He's your answer. He is the miracle worker. He is the true Messiah. Yes, he is the son of David. He is everything that you think he is and more expectation opened up his eyes supernaturally to he had more vision sitting there blind than the people who were watching him every day criticizing him doing miracles he had more vision than them okay i don't know where i left off so i'm gonna read this part again (laughs) expectation gives you strength 
Oh, okay, I don't want to read that part yet because that goes with something else. Did I finish with, with Bartimaeus? Yes, but expectation gave him supernatural strength. He threw off, he threw away that garment. Expectation said, once you get his attention, you don't need this no more. You don't need it no more. Because once Jesus stops and you have his attention, he's going to make you whole. He is going to change your life forever. And that's exactly what he did. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus down the road. Expect The power of expectation. It ain't a desire. Expectation locks in your miracle. Expectation has a delivery date. He knew Jesus was coming. He was set on ready. He would not be shut down. And that's how we got to be about the promises of God. I don't care what you need. Don't let the devil shut you down. You cry out all the more. Worship harder. Pray in tongues harder. Read your Bible longer. If you got this amount with what you've been doing, as raggedy as it is, think about if you give God an extra hour. Because God is faithful. Sometimes I sit back and I say, dang, God, you did this, that, and this for me. And, Lord, all I read in my Bible today was 15 minutes. Or I just went in my Bible to get a scripture for my kids. You know, if you sit back at the end of the day and think about how good God has been to you, it will bring you to tears. Because you gave him this much time, but then he did all that for you. He loves us just that much. Just that much. Okay, so let's go to our next example. This is Luke. Uh, Luke chapter 5. The power of expectation. Five, and I'm going to start reading in verse 17. Oh, okay. And I'm going to go down to 26. Now what happened on a certain day. I like that, a certain day. That means... Y'all know this wasn't no fairy tale. This really happened. This really happened. It wasn't a fairy tale. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And this is what gets me. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Although all them demons sitting up in the congregation or sitting around, the power of the Lord was still present to heal. The devil don't intimidate God. (laughs) Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find, when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd. They went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst, in, in the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, oh, I love it. When he, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Hallelujah. What a powerful charged atmosphere. Jesus is preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel, knowing he got a bunch of haters in the room, but he preaching the gospel, giving it all he got, and all of a sudden, the sunshine starts coming in on his head. And he looks up and he see a bed being lowered down and some men struggling to make sure bro don't fall off the bed. And he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this who speak blasphemies? Now the power of the Lord is present to heal. They seeing a miracle. Some men done went up on the rooftop, done towed the roof off, bringing a man down through the roof on the bed. And all they can talk about is who is this man who blasphemes? See how blind they were? That's why I said Bartimaeus could see more than the Pharisees that was sitting around judging. Who can forgive sins for God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man, hallelujah, that's my Jesus, has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. 
And immediately he rolls up before them. Can you imagine the crowd? Everybody was like, <gasps> he got up. Because Jesus is a, he bad. He is bad. <laughs> he is bad. He is B-A-D-D. Immediately he rolls up before them. Took up what he had been, and then he picked his bed up. Not only did he get up, he picked his bed up and departed to his own house glorifying God. <laughs> and they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we have seen some strange things today. Strange. Expectation gives you strength. They went up on the roof with the stretcher. After they had tore the tile off the roof. They were in full expectation their friend would receive their miracle. Their expectation was locked on Jesus. And I can't read. I don't know what that word is. I can't read my writing. See, when I get wild up, I, I write as fast as I talk. <laughs> their their expectation was locked on Jesus. And they were determined and they were unstoppable. Their expectation knew that was the day for his miracle. And see, expectation has a delivery date, y'all. That was the day. And check this out. That was the day. And imagine how the enemy would have loved to have messed with their heads. Dang, we knew Jesus. Let's, let's, let's set it up like this. Dang, I know Jesus is going to be at Miss Regina's house. But look at all them people. The line is wrapped all the way around the street. I can't even see her house. But they kept going. They kept going. They said, no, today is the day. Expectations said, keep stepping. Expectations said, just keep going. Don't stop. Just nestle through the crowd. Then they get up to the house and they say, well, dang. It's folks all outside the door. I can't even get in Miss Regina's house. Expectations say, look up. There's a ladder. Get on that ladder. Rip the towel off. Don't stop. Keep going. Expectation gives you supernatural strength. Gives you supernatural strength. The power of the Lord was present to heal. However, they were the only one who were expecting to receive. The power of the Lord was present to heal everybody that was sitting on that land. And one person got their miracle. The power of expectation. These men were unstoppable. They wouldn't be turned around. Them Pharisees were sitting there watching them. And they didn't shrink back. Knowing them Pharisees was watching them. They didn't shrink back. They, they, went for it. they went for it anyway. They were the only ones who came expecting to receive. Do we say today is the day for our miracle? Do we say today is the day for my healing? And I'm asking all of me too. Do we get up and thank the Lord for another day and say, Lord, today is the day they're going to call me. This is for my new job. Today is the day that I'm going to get a yes from the bank. Do we get up with that kind of expectation? Do we get up and say, oh my gosh. Oh Lord, they didn't call yet. It's nine o'clock. That's not expectation. And catch yourself. We all get there. When you get there, say, Lord, you know what? That ain't even right. Okay, no, they haven't called yet, but they're going to. I'm expecting you to do exceeding and abundant beyond all that I can ask or think. This is the day for my miracle. I'm in full expectation. I'm nervous, so I'm going to go make me some coffee. I'm going to go put on my praise and worship music. And Lord, I'm just going to sit here, drink my coffee and worship you until I'm in a whole nother place. I don't care what you got to do. Feed your expectation. It's like Popeye. Feed some spinach to your expectation. What is the spinach? It is the word and it is worship. Feed your expectation. It is alive. It's living. Feed your expectation. Don't get passive about your miracle. We as Christians, we get passive so easily. Well, I told her. I told her she shouldn't live like that. 
I told her, no, if that's your kid, you tell them you flee fornication or you go into hell. I raised you to be a Christian. We don't do drugs. We don't drink. I expect you to live like a man or woman of God. I expect you. I, you are the seed of the righteous. Your kids don't have a choice but to serve God. Your expectation locks them in that narrow road. They got clamps on their feet. I don't care if they try to deviate off that road. It's kind of like the, my neighbors got them on uh, wire fences for their cows. So that when them, when your kids, when you got that expectation laid out for your kids to live a certain way on the narrow road, and when they try to get off that, they get electrocuted by that fence like them dogs do when they got that collar around their neck because they are yoked up to Jesus. Don't get passive about your miracle. I don't care your miracles, your kids, your healing. Don't get passive. Stay in expectation. Stay in expectation. Robert Lear had told us years ago that the bride of Christ is a warring bride. We are not a weak bride. We are full of expectation. Prophesy to your bank account, your checkbook, your car, your kids. Stay in expectation. Look like a crazy person to someone on the outside looking in like Norval Hayes did. He walked in the office his one of his secretary, her husband convinced her to steal his money. His books was in the red. He walked in the office. He told the secretary to open the books up. She opened the books up. He went over to it and he said, liar, 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 liar. Closed the book and walked away. I think it was, was, uh, David Horton. The secretary was a David. The secretary told David Horton. Now he's a little strange. He's going to walk in here. He's going to yell at his checkbooks. But it worked. A multimillionaire. It worked. Norval stayed in expectation. He wasn't passive about the devil stealing his money. And you can't be passive with the devil. you got to stay in expectation. When you stay full of God's word, expectation will give you supernatural strength. A no won't mean anything. When those men got to that house, it looked like a no. It looked like no, today is not the day for your miracle because you can't even see Jesus, let alone hear what he's saying. You can't get close to the house, but expectation made them put one foot in front of the other. And then that foot in front of the other had them climb up on the house and rip the roof off the sucker. And they got their miracle. Expectation will give you supernatural strength. Don't play it cheap. Feed your expectation. There's power in it. There's power in it. It's, it's so and it's not come. Okay. Okay. You have, you have to tell yourself that it's so and it's coming. The power of the Lord was present to heal everyone under the sound of Jesus' voice. Only those men were in expectation despite the opposition. They had to go throw their, they had to, they had to grow. I'm see what, what did I write? I see I was all excited. I was like, "Whoa, this is good." Only those men were in expect in expectation, despite the opposition. Despite the opposition, they had to go through. Their expectation talked them, talked to them, and gave them wisdom. When they were, they said, "Lord, I know this is our labor is not in vain." So expectation gave them wisdom. You know what it said? Take the roof off. That's what, that's the wisdom of God rose up inside of them. See, expectation to talk to you. It said, take the roof off the ceiling. The devil didn't tell them that. The power of the Lord was present to heal, but the healing power jumped over everyone else and grabbed the one that was an expectation. That's why it says the eyes of the Lord run to and throw to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on those whose hearts are perfect towards me. If his eyes is roaming all over, but he's looking for somebody and he sees your faith, it says, boom, she got it. Faith, boom, you got it. That's his eyes roaming to and fro throughout the earth. That power of expectation, it pulls it to you. Don't play it cheap. God's word is alive. It's powerful. Don't let the devil talk you out of your miracle. 
don't let him, that just gets me. The power of the Lord was present to heal and just one person got it. Because everybody else sitting up. Who is his mama? Who is his daddy? Were they married? How is he doing miracles? Wrong conversation, wrong heart, missed your miracle. And then you, you think you in faith praying for somebody and they died and you're mad at God. So that's a whole nother sermon. Let's go to Luke 15. Let's talk about the power of expectation. I can talk about it all day. If you put your ex, your hope and trust in Jesus, he will not fail you. There is no failure in him. Luke 15. And I'm going to start in verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. Again, this ain't no fairy tale. This is a real man. He had real sons. When you go to heaven, they're going to be up there. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided, he divided to them, he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions and with prodigal living. So this is for every parent who child looks like they are a disappointment. But I just want to let you know that ain't the end of the story. <laughs> That's just your test to see if you got it or you don't. Do you have expectation to know that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered or are you going to be passive? Like I had one of my um, family members say, well, darling, you know, kids going to be kids. What that mean? <laughs> kids, gonna, you can't, you know, but you know what? I, it's like Norval Hayes said, you might as well stay friends. I ain't say nothing to her, but when I got home, I kicked the devil in the teeth in the throne room with the word. And not, okay, so I'm gonna read that over. Not many days after, the younger son gathered together and journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with, pro, with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him any. But when he came, and this is, this is, let me just throw this in here. When it looks like your kids have left home and they want to make you feel like they're not living for Jesus, they're living high on the hog, they ain't. They eating, they, they, they wish they could eat the food that the pigs is eating. They ain't living high on the hog. It's a lie. It's a facade. It's a facade. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's higher servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise, and I'll go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. And when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion. I love it. Ran, fell on his neck, and he kissed him. This is what the love of the Father looks like for us when we're backslidden, when we're in rebellion. So remember this when you, when we see our kids being a disappointment and they call you on the phone. It, that ain't the time for the tongue lashing. Pull them in with love, get them restored. And ask the Lord to open a door for you to show them the er- their error so they don't take that wrong turn again. That was just a sidebar. And the son said to him, Father, 
I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Why? I'm saying why? For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. The father fully expected his son to return home. Not just return home, but alive, well, safe, nothing missing or broken. His expectation of his son coming home gave the dad strength to live a prosperous life and not be angry, fearful, and weak. Because you know when you're, when you have heartache, especially from a kid, it can weaken you. It can pull you into self-pity. It makes you feel like, what did I do wrong? How could I have done this better? Why did my child do this? But see, expectation kept him full of strength and faith. Expectation, he still got up every day and he still went to work. He didn't lay in the bed and have a pity party and say, I'm the worst father. My son is gone. I don't know what's going to happen to him. I might get a report one day that he's dead in a ditch. No, no, no. His expectation kept him alive. Kept him alive. Expectation gave the dad a vision of his son coming back home. A vision. He walked out, but expectation said, no, this is what it's going to look like. Is he coming back? That's how he saw his son a great way off. Because he, he already had the vision in his heart. He, already, he knew he was coming. He never gave up hope. Expectation kept the dad consumed in love and forgiveness for his son. And not resentment. Because see, sometimes when our kids disappoint us, the first thing we say, how could you do this to me? After everything I did for you. That's weakness, y'all. That's weakness. That's weakness. Because it ain't about you. It's not about, it's not about us. Expectation kept a hook in his son's jaw. And every day it was reeling him in like a good fisherman. See, that's one thing I like about our kids. I don't care how far they run. You know, my daddy was a fisherman. I used to watch him put that lure on there and throw that, throw it out in the water and reel it in slowly. And, or sometimes he'd have a worm or sometimes he'd have, uh, minnows. But see, you reel it in slow. So when you got that, that, uh, winnow, you know, that little bitty, uh, it's a, it's a winnow. It looks like a little tiny fish or a worm. So, Fisherman, you got to have patience. When you throw it far out and you reel it in slow, what you're doing, you're making the fish think that it's still swimming or the worm is in the water just swimming. And then the fish goes up and grabs onto it. And when it lashes onto it, that hook grabs the fish. And then you can feel that weight on your line. And then you reel it in. You You reel that girl in. And see, that's how it is with the word of God with our kids. You keep giving them the word. You keep, keep, keep giving them the word. There's a hook in their jaw and you keep reeling it in. Sometimes you're going to, sometimes you reel it in slow. Might be a year, might be two years, but I'm going to let you know something. You don't ever lose your fish. You don't ever lose your kids. They own that hook. That hook is in their jaw. And that's the thing about a hook. That's the same thing about a snare. When you try to get out of a snare and when you try to get out of a hook, the claws go deeper. That's why you gotta break a snare. Cause when you, when that, when that animal puts his foot in that snare and it try to wiggle, it gets tighter. That's why you gotta break it. So it ain't gonna, it ain't gonna come loose. Every time they try to get out that, get that hook out their jaw, God snatches on it and it gets tighter. Their life gets tighter. Friends start turning on them. Alcohol don't get them drunk no more. We don't take them where they used to take. Things change. The hook's getting tighter. Money drying up. Car breakdown. The hook's getting tighter. Don't give up. Expectation is working for us. The power of expectation. Don't give up on your kids. You know, I got four, so I can talk about the prodigal son 
all day long. All day long. <laughs> you know what? This was like years ago, like when I lived in Cleveland. I was so mad at my kids, all of them, one day. <laughs> all of them. And I remember I looked at them and I was just like, you know what? I really hit the jackpot with y'all. <laughs> I should be embarrassed to say it, but I didn't. I did. I said it. Also, I said, I really hit the jackpot with y'all. And Daniel, the man of wisdom, I don't know how old he was. He was probably eight. What that mean? We losers? <laughs> I wanted to say pretty much. But I got so convicted. I just, I just walked out the room. But I was like, I really hit the jackpot with y'all. It was called real living in my house. <laughs> real living in my house. Alrighty. The power of expectation. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your miracle. Don't give up on your money. Don't give up on your believing for a spouse. Don't give up. Expectation to talk to you. It'll say, get up. Read your word. Go get that Kenneth Hagen book. You can have what you say. Go get that Kenneth Hagen book. Your words got power. Go get that Kenneth Hagen book. The prison doors is open. Just, it, it'll talk to you. It told them men how to get in that house where Jesus was. It's, it, the, it said, take the roof off the sucker. Drop him down. Expectation will talk to you. All righty. Acts chapter three. He's so faithful. It's just, He's just his wisdom is inexhaustible. You know, you can't stop. You can't see. You can't like my like Daniel. He'll say stuff to me and it's a little profound. And I it, it give I, I have a comeback, but it might be like a couple days later. But <laughs> we can't do that to God. He always got he always got to come back. <laughs> okay. Acts. Okay. 16. All righty, Acts chapter 3, and I'm going to read 1 through 10. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And let me just set this up for you. This is chapter 3, chapter 1. Jesus was still here. They watched Jesus ascend and go up to heaven on a cloud. Jesus told them, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving y'all comfortless. You know, basically gather together, go to the upper room. And I'm going to send a comforter. So chapter 2, they up in the upper room. They done got energized. They are like the bionic men and bionic women. They are unstoppable. They got the power of the Holy Ghost. Praying in tongues. Winning the loss to Jesus. Folks marveling. Are they drunk? No, they full of the Holy Ghost. You know, just signs and wonders and miracles. I mean, these men are charged with faith charged with miracle work and power now peter and that's chapter one and two so chapter three now peter and john went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer the ninth hour and a certain man he was a real person he's going to be in heaven this ain't no this ain't no fantasy story a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to to ask alms from those who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. I can just imagine Peter, you know, Peter was bold anyway. Peter didn't take no stuff. And he said, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And the way he said it, look at me. Expectation shot through that man's body. He was expecting to receive something. And it didn't say it's healing. It just said something. Expectation hit him. He didn't know what he was getting, but he was, he was all, he was like this. (laughs) 
I love it. Look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver, and you know Peter was no wimp, so you know he was probably yelling. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by his right hand and lifted him up. And I love it because if you see it, okay, now Peter got his hand. He's lifting him up. But then it says immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. So basically he was pulling him up. And as he touched him and started pulling him up, the power of God hit him. He jumped up. It said leaping and walking. The power of expecting to receive. It was like a current of electricity hit that man. And he didn't just stand up. He leaped up. Oh, I just, God, just the, the atmosphere, just charge. Expectation will change your atmosphere. It will charge it with miracle working power. Expectation will give you what the devil says that you can't have. That's what expectation will do. That's what it will do. And he took him by his right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leafing up stood and walked and entered the temple with them. He went in the temple walking and leaping and praising God. So he he went in the temple jumping. I just let the power of expectation, expecting to receive. He didn't know what they had, but it was so much power and authority and faith on Peter's word. He knew this. He said, what I do have for you. He knew he was going to get something. It was just so much. Expectation is contagious. Faith is contagious. You know, when you just like when you walk in a room, you can change the atmosphere. And that's what faith and expectation does. You know, I remember when we went to see uh, Morris Cirillo for the first time. And I heard Pastor Barb say, wow, Morris Cirillo was here. And I just heard her talking. I'm thinking, where? She could tell he had walked in the building because the atmosphere changed. See, the anointing will do that. Like Catherine Coleman, after she preached, the crowds were so large, she couldn't walk out the front door. So she'd have to go down through the back stairs and, and go through the kitchen, through the restaurant. And the dishwashers and the cooks, she running through, they getting slain in the spirit because the glory of God was still on her. Catherine Kuhlman, divorced woman. You know, Catherine Kuhlman, signs, wonders, miracles. <laughs> the power of expectation. Oh, God is, God is bad. <laughs> okay, so let me, let me, okay. This whole atmosphere is charged with faith and expectation. Remember, expectation creates an atmosphere for miracles. Peter said, look at us. I believe that command sent a supernatural strength into that lame man. So Peter told him to to get up in the name of Jesus and grabbed his right hand. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength immediately. That's why he leaped and stood and walked. When he walked in the temple, he was still leaping and praising God. Amen. Amen. That's the power of expectation. I just want to give you some examples of where expectation took them from A to B. Expectation took these folks that we talked about today from in need to having everything they need. Being in want and being made whole. The power of expectation. It'll charge a room. Just like that. This is very small, but it's an example that the Lord gave that I, that reminded me of. And like I said, it's small, but it's still, this is when COVID first started. And I was at work and one of the drivers said, well, eventually we're all going to get it. And I heard the whole break room go quiet. And I said, I'm not. I said, you don't see the blood of Jesus over my office door. And then he said, oh, okay, well, that's it. That's that, that, that cut it off. 
Because my expectation is in the blood of Jesus. I got stripes. I got stripes. How does expectation come? Let's go to Mark 11. Everything that's pronoun in the Bible, profound I should say, all comes from doing your foundation. And I feel like Mark 11 is a foundation. Brother Hagen, you know, the, he might have been criticized for preaching the same thing over and over and over. But you know what? God's word don't return void. It has results. It don't, it, it does not have an expiration date. <laughs> and if you miss your foundation, your house won't stand. Mark 11, 20 through, 22 through 26. We're talking about how does expectation come? Mark 11, verse 22, Jesus answered, well, you know, he had cursed the fig tree. And so Peter and them were tripping because it's like, oh man, did you, you, did you see this tree? And Jesus had to snatch, you know, this is, you know, just, he had to snatch him up. And, and Jesus was like, look, have faith in God. This is how you feed your expectation. Faith in God, not yourself. Have faith in God. It's like, yeah, but I'm a powerhouse. I pray in tongues and have faith in God. Because anything that you can do is because he's standing behind you, empowering you. The devil don't back up because I'm Nola Darlene. He backs up because I'm using God's word. He's given me jurisdiction, authority, and the privilege to execute written judgments. Have faith in God. Know who you are and know your place in the kingdom. Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. We're talking about how does expectation come? Mark 11 verse 25 says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Why is this important? Because we're talking about how does expectation come? You're not going to be in expectation of unforgiveness at the same time. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So just remember, forgiveness is a helper of our faith. And walking in the fruit of the Spirit is also. What's the fruit? We, we talk, we, I'm going back to our foundation now. This is, this is why we stand. This is how we stand. Love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the things that help us. These are helpers. Because if these things ain't helping you, your expectation, your expectation is not going to grow. Because you can't be full of hell and then want to go out and lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You can't pour new wine into old wine skin. You got to let that stuff go. We're talking about expectation. How does it come? Our faith and expectation need fruit to sustain them. Just like we need fruits and vegetables in the natural. Protect your expectation by guarding your heart and your mind. Watch what you listen to and meditate on. Don't be lazy in what you think about. You know I say be lazy. And I mean just that. Be lazy. Now somebody done made you mad. And you said Lord okay. You catch yourself. I forgive them. Then it's midnight. You lay in the bed. And you said you know what. I should have said such and such to her. Challenge yourself. Say you know what darling. I thought you forgave her. Oh yeah. But I was just. I was just saying. This is what I should, this is how I should have ended it. This is how I should have ended it. No, challenge your thoughts. You gotta protect your expectation. You gotta protect it. 
You got to guard your heart, guard your mind. Protect it. It's worth it. The power of expectation. So that's all I got, (laughs) y'all. Guard your heart. Watch what you think about. Meditate on the right thing. Because, see, you could sit up and say, you could sit up all day long and think about watermelon. And you can think about it so long, it's almost like you can taste it in your mouth. And then all of a sudden, you say, you know, I'm going to run to the grocery store and get me a watermelon. I've just been, I've been desiring that all day long. And I'm using that to show you how powerful your thoughts are. How powerful your thoughts are. So guard them. Protect them. Don't let the enemy whisper to you. Bind him. Watch your forgiveness level. Self-pity. You can't even do that five minutes. That's costly. That's costly. It's costly. The power of expectation. Your expectation in God will not fail you. Why? Because God said, I will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that works within me. Well, Father, we honor you. We bless you, we lift you up, and we magnify you. Lord, we thank you for the power, the authority, and the integrity of your word. Lord, your word runs swiftly. It never returns void, but it accomplishes that which is set out to do. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, that our hope and our expectation is in you. And those who hope in you, Lord, are never ashamed. And we honor you, Lord. We are not people who are ashamed. But we are full, we are people who are full of faith, expectation. And we just honor you, Lord. It's a privilege to be called by your name, forgiven and washed in your blood and given an assignment. We just honor you, Lord. Now, Father, I ask you to bless everybody under the sound of my voice. Lord, I just ask you to just do a miracle for everybody. Lord, I just ask you to read everybody's heart where our expectation has waned down. Disappointment is bigger than our faith. Lord, we just ask for your mercy and we ask for your forgiveness. Lord, you said when we're faithless, you remain faithful because you can't deny yourself. So, Lord, I just ask you to bless everybody here. Lord, we thank you for our miracles. We thank you for doing the impossible, the unheard of, and we thank you, Lord, for doing the unseen. We thank you that the promises of God are yes and amen, and we thank you for it, Father. We honor you. We thank you, Lord, that we're on the road to recovery, and we're going to prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. Let's make our confession. I don't have Rona. And she don't have me. I can't get Rona. And she can't get me. Lord, I thank you that by your stripes, we are healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Enjoy your Saturday.